Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm super excited about today's episode because we're going to talk about um, fucking fairy tales. And uh, what I mean by that is um, the old blueprint being torn down, creating lots of new systems, models, uh, the way that we love, find love, date, all of that stuff. And with me today is uh, love and dating coach, rock star, Demona. Hoffman, who's been on my podcast before, by the way. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. Good, good to know I haven't worn out my welcome yet. <laughs> no, no, I would have you more. Um, and the next one, we do have to do it in person, uh, which I has become my new favorite thing. Um, so this thing that you've given birth to, this book, has been inside <laughs> you for three years. Yeah, longer than any of my children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's start with, so her book is called F the Fairy Tale, um, which I love. Uh, I love the title. I love, I love the message, the flag you're waving. What is the fairy tale? Because that's a long story, no? The fairy tale is really any belief that you're holding on to that mm -hmm. is a remnant of the past that doesn't necessarily serve you in the future you're building. What are some examples of fairy tales? You think in our society well, when it comes to love, dating, marriage, all this? I will say I originally this was really built around the myths that I see people coming to me with when they start coaching or when they listen to my podcast, Dates and Mates. I was hearing all of these broken beliefs. And mm. I initially, John, I wanted there to be like 15 myths. <laughs> but my publisher was like, can you narrow? down a little bit. Yeah. So I really identified the four biggest myths mm, that keep people stuck. And the first one is really this this list myth. I'm sure you've seen it too. Oh, you like, mean the checking the boxes list? Uh-huh. Yeah, the checking the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did it too. Like yeah, we've all had a list. And so many times I, I've been coaching for like 17 plus years. Mm -hmm. And I'll start always with what are you looking for? And People will either tell me, I'll know it when I see it, or they're like, oh, I've never thought of that before. Or they'll say, oh, I'm looking for this whole list of things. And the funny thing, having done this for so long and seeing so many people's original lists, it's amazing to me how often the lists overlap and how many times we think that we are moving forward from an authentic place, but we're really just picking up somebody else's list. We're like going to the grocery yeah. store, like, I don't know, it says eggs here. <laughs> just, I, <laughs> right. Everybody has to get eggs. So I guess, so I don't know. Do you eat eggs? I don't know. But <laughs> I do. It's always on my list. But you know, we, we, we all have different lists. And what I'm really passionate about doing is helping people figure out what's more important on the list for them. Mm. And with this book, I've replaced all of the myths with what I see as the four pillars of long-term compatibility. Ooh. And I think we got to start, yeah, when, when, we're, when we're in list mindset, we got to start thinking about, first of all, like, what is the real answer to that first question? What are you looking for? Let's get clear on the goals first. Oh, well, let me ask you this. Um, what makes a list false in the sense that you're tracing something that is someone else's blueprint or, or an old version of you or it's kind of generic uh and what makes a list legit or should there be no list there because, should be um we we definitely have things that we're looking for and that's okay right yeah there should be some guidelines and that and yeah. that's actually really key i i almost feel like the only thing worse than the list a mile long is the not having a list at all. And then mm. people feel like they're doing a lot in dating, but they're like, why am I not getting what I'm looking for? Well, what are you looking for? Well, I'll know it when I see it. You know, it's sort of right. like, right, right. You remind me of a man. What man? <laughs> so um, it's, too, it's too wide, right? It's too abstract. It's too wide. Yes. Yeah. And then you kind of end up in a circular. That's why, you know, you get the dating burnout because then you're in this circular cycle of meeting the same people and being like, why am I not feeling anything? 
So we need I, I to think, have I some I think what's also important criteria. is like what you're looking for as far as, um, you know, instead of the color of someone's eyes um, or say what they drive or how much they make, um, what are some values, right? Like, like, like I think about what are some things you're not willing to negotiate and why yeah. and, and do those overlap instead of like, you know, I tend to go for, you know, someone who's 6'2 with blue eyes and abs or, you know, whatever. I, I mean, we're not mad at the abs. Certainly not mad at the abs, John Kim. <laughs> but I have two and a half. I abs, will say, so. <laughs> I'm negative negative eight. Uh, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because that that that's not my list. Doesn't doesn't affect another person's list. So right. what I really want people to do is to go deep in and figure out in that initial phase of dating. I, I've broken the book down into four phases, and the first mm. is the mindset, like. Mm-hmm. Who am I? What do I have to offer in relationship? What am mm-hmm. I looking for? How am I thinking about dating? What are my what are my prevailing thoughts about dating? What's that loop that keeps playing in my head? And I know you talk about that a lot on this podcast. But I I look at it as twofold. It's the it's the goals and the values. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people will put on that list physical traits, which is meaningless, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um and really, that is really driven by the fairy tales. Like so many times, even if it's, you know, I'm talking the book about ab ideals, like whether it's abs, whether it's the blue eyes, you know, whatever the messaging is that you've taken in through all of the rom-coms you've watched, all the fairy tales you've mm. read, all the stories you've been told by your family, Advertising, all the prior relationships, everything. Yeah. We are really the product of our own environments, and we got to look at that stuff and start asking why. Even like, why do I have a particular racial preference in dating? Mm-hmm. There are there are some some deep dark whys underneath that. Sure. And then when you start to flip them on your on their ear, you begin to realize that you've been dating by somebody else's rule book for a long time. You, you know, you're talking about something really important. And I think awareness is key. Um, I grew up in the 80s. And everyone around me during my wonder years, when you when you start having crushes and stuff um, was white was Caucasian. And so I always felt left out as an Asian American boy, uh, wearing strawberry shortcake t shirts and with a bull haircut. Because um, <laughs> my parents didn't know. And so um <laughs> That that's that's who was around. That's who who was in and popular and cool. And so I think I was kind of programmed at an early age uh, to put that poster on my wall. Now today, of course, I find you know um, Asian American, any ethnicity. I don't really think about skin color. I just think, oh, that person is very attractive. Um, but I I just think I, I as a kid um, programming um, coming to America, Coca Cola, Levi's, and blonde hair was around me and that was that was what was programmed you know at age eight nine ten you know well i appreciate that you're even willing to share that john Mm. you know we've we've talked about that before but you know sharing it in this forum because i i think there's a lot of shame that can sometimes be attached to this process of Mm. uncovering and like I wrote an article for the Washington Post about racial bias and dating, which is not what we're talking about today, but but, but uh, it is part of the myths. Yeah. And people were feeling hella triggered by me just asking the question of why do you have a particular preference? Right. I'm just asking right. you to examine it. Yeah. And there's a lot of shame that comes up because then we get defensive of like, no, well, that's not that. No, I'm. I I don't have racial bias. No, I'm 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 open, but then it's like, well, have you dated open though? Like are you mm-hmm. acting in all in all aspects? Are you really acting in the dating in in dating in alignment with your goals and your values? Mm-hmm. And if not, you have an opportunity starting today to shift that. And the goals and values, like you're right on, John. It's 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 really important to identify our own values. And we make assumptions. We make a lot of assumptions and try to find shortcuts for for proving that someone gets us. Whether mm. it's, you know, it's a BuzzFeed quiz about what's their attachment style or whether it's 
just assuming because they're the same religion or they grew up in the same city mm-hmm. or they work in the same industry that, well, then we're the same. They get me. But that really robs us of that discovery that is so exciting in that early phase of dating, too. Do you think that uh, people also judge too quickly now that um, self-help, self-betterment has become uh, crusty and commercialized? So like instantly stamping, stamping someone as being a narcissist or, you know, if you have this kind of attachment style or a love language, it's not going to work. Like putting too much weight, like not being open about things because, you know, uh, your Instagram feed is feeding so much self-help jargon into your brain. Mm. Yeah, that is definitely a factor of it. I see that coming up a little later in the process and in, yeah. in around the soulmate myth of like when we start looking for, quote, the one, then mm-hmm. we start looking for the red flags. And John, I am so done talking about red flags. I probably talked about red flags here. <laughs> yeah. I'm so done. Yeah, I'm so yeah. done because because our confirmation bias as we as we start, as we're talking about it more and we're like the red flag, red flag, red flag, mm-hmm. you could see a red flag anywhere. Yeah. I want right. to talk about you just green have to, flags. You just have to keep looking. You're going to find one. You will find it. Yeah. You will find it. Yeah. And there are so many things that like when I think back to the list that I had prior to meeting my husband. And by the way, on goals and values, we're totally aligned. Mm-hmm. And I keep harping on the goals because that's when you get into, I've invested all this time in a relationship and we're not even on the same page about what this is. Right. But we were so aligned in goals and values, but there are just dumb things on the list, like little red flag things where I was like, must have nice teeth. <laughs> I'm not joking. See, yeah. I'm I'm over the shame. I'm not yeah. joking. Well, I, I mean, say people must like have nice teeth. teeth. People like nice, you know, uh, even toes or whatever. I, I mean, but you, but I, I know what you're saying is but like his teeth doesn't don't say anything about him, right? And it's not going <laughs> to really. be the legs. It's not going to be the legs of a relationship. Um, his teeth aren't going to be what makes you feel safe. Desire. And also, but. there's cosmetic dentistry now, yes. which is fabulous. <laughs> of course. And it turns out my husband was a wonderful guy. He uh, had his front tooth knocked out like three times as a kid, Mm. very active, had an older brother, (laughs) got beaten up and had not a great, not a great front tooth situation when we met. But you know what? I could look, you know, it's it's true. I could look past it. Yeah. And, and I was so intrigued by all of the other elements of him that it didn't even matter. Of course. But like, why was that on my list? It doesn't even make sense. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't tell you about who they are or how they live their life. And so I know there's a lot of listeners here who maybe they don't have good teeth on the list, (laughs) but there's something on there. I don't know. What was your thing, John? There's got to be something that you're, you look back at now and you're like, why was that a thing? Oh, man. My list, I would say, um, I think I put too much weight on. In my 20s, I put too much weight on aesthetics. Um, and listen, I want to take ownership of it because um, I, I usually say because I grew up in L.A. and in the entertainment business. Um, I also in my 20s, uh, my family, we had a restaurant bar that was very scenic. So I was just used to a lot of shiny, beautiful people. And so I think I put too much weight on that. And I, I think that came from my own insecurity of wanting someone aesthetically attractive so then I, I can – I can feel attracted. You know what I'm saying? If I had mm-hmm. a stronger sense of self and if I was secure, then I could be with anyone and be like, that's, this is who I love and she's who she is. But I think I needed that kind of trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, a lot of us. Yeah. So do. that was on my list early on, me being aware of that. Um, and, and, and also, listen, you, you like your types, you like what you like. I, I like the idea of putting, um, you know, I like the idea of like putting less weight on things, almost like an equalizer. Sorry, it doesn't mean that you have to completely take off, you know, whatever the pretty toes or the teeth or whatever, but <laughs> but minimize it, minimize it, and then put more weight on, like you said, values. Uh, what are some other things? Uh, emotional capacity. Um, you know, I think a big thing is does a person take ownership? If the person doesn't take ownership, I mean, because you're going to have conflict, and if someone doesn't take ownership, the plane's going to go down. It's just a matter of time, right? So Mm. um, lifestyle, like you said, goals, you know, those are huge. Yeah, and also I 
I'm sort of ringing the bell in this book for empathy as mm-hmm. well, because I think we have lost our empathetic capacity a lot in the dating experience. Mm-hmm. And I understand. Why do you I've think been coaching that is? Why are we less empathetic? Time. Is it because of the landscape or why? How much time do you have, John? um i think the biggest thing that has shifted since i started coaching people and you know i originally started as a dating profile writer so Mm -hmm. i have been in the dating profile and online dating game for a minute i work with okcupid now um behind the scenes as a content creator and spokesperson and coach and i see that the speed of dating has increased dramatically Mm. but not just the speed of dating the speed of communication and that when you're you can't you can't do things fast and also empathetically all the time so you mean like for example going from walking up to someone at the grocery store having the courage to ask them out to today a dm You're saying oh. that that kind of speed, right? Like that instant, yeah. That instant, uh, uh, that instant contact. Yeah. So there's the, the instant contact, but now with online dating, with social media, with texting, everybody is just a message away, right? And it's become very transactional. I'm mm. actually very enthusiastic about dating apps and the other changes in technology opening up the possibility for a lot of people to to date older women who normally like you look back a couple generations ago and mm-hmm. you were divorced or widowed yeah. your dating options were extremely limited if you especially lived in a rural a area you're saying, you're saying especially if you're especially a woman especially if you're a woman yeah absolutely i agree oh yeah and yeah yeah you know what's and happening and the stats show this too like yeah. it, it divorced men don't tend to stay on the market very long. And there's mm. there's a lot we can unpack right. about why, right. but that's just the stat. And now divorced women, pre-bachelor, golden bachelor, divorced women were having a real renaissance mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. dating apps and are. And like, if you lived in a rural area and you didn't have a lot of dating options, what are you gonna do? So n- we have so much more dating opportunity and we are dating more like, when I started coaching, my clients would come to me thrilled if they had like a date a quarter or like a couple couple dates a quarter, maybe one a month. Mm-hmm. The speed has gotten so out of control that now <laughs> if people aren't going out, this yeah. is totally true. Yeah. If people are not going out on two dates a week, they feel like they have failed. Right, right. So and the so through of that. all of that, we're having all of these highs and we're having all of these mm-hmm. lows at scale because... We're just trying to swipe as quickly as possible to the option that's going to be our soulmate. And it's stripping out the humanity and the discovery in the dating process, which is another thing that you and I have talked about that I think is really one of the reasons to even do it. I mean, of course, you can get laid, but you can also discover a lot about yourself through dating. I like that you said about yourself through dating. So not just discovering, you know, who the other person could be, or if you want to invest in this person, but almost the dating experience itself being a mirror to you, more information about you, you know? So. Yeah. Why else do it? And, you know, same with relationships. Well, why else do it? Everyone, a lot of people are doing it because the fairy tale says you got to find your soulmate and get married and have kids. And that's and then that's why I love that you're saying no. Let's take that down and kind of start fresh. I also agree with you with women, and it's about time. But I love that women also, um, from, from I don't know if it's factual, but from what I get around me, the women I know who are in their 40s are actually dating younger men, and that's like common now. And I think part of that is because um, a lot of the older men um, are still holding to. Uh, old, old, old uh, blueprints. There's still, um, you know, not um, open and not judgmental and and not not that's a generalization. So not all men, but generally, just speaking, the younger generation of men um, tend to look inward more. I think just because of uh, what they're used to. And I mean, look, look at our parents. Our parents, self help wasn't even a thing. You know, my parents were just trying to like pay bills and survive. And so um, the generation today, uh, self-help is a lifestyle. It's not only um, 
therapy. It's kind of a way of life. And so I think a lot of um, women are dating younger to just have more options as far as um, EQ. Yeah. Yeah. We are actually seeing that in the dating app data that a lot of people are focusing on being being in therapy, being self-aware, mm-hmm. being having a high EQ as now a primary filter oh, for nice. right. dating, which right. I actually think is great. However, however, there is a little bit of an imbalance, particularly coming out of the pandemic, because a lot of women use that time to do the self-study mm-hmm. and self-inquiry. And that is something I can say as a woman that's kind of been more like we're we've been cultured for that more like you're mm-hmm. reading cosmo mm-hmm. and it's about it's about how to improve yourself as sure. as a human yeah and it's about makeup you know yeah. <laughs> and uh that's something that women really leaned into during the pandemic and just from the stats that i've read men didn't have that same experience mm-hmm. of the self study so we are finding an unbalanced dating pool mm. and people are putting are are starting to put emphasis on different qualities but then they're they're going to the dating pool fishing for those qualities and coming up with nothing on the line <laughs> i uh I'm, I'm laughing because i i uh i just had this long conversation with a female friend of mine who's um she just had a birthday so she's uh 41 and uh she's john there's nothing out there and I was trying to get her to be more, you know, positive and, and but uh um but I but I, I hear this echo of mostly women being so frustrated, single women, because there isn't a lot out there, so to speak. Um I don't know if it's true or not, but I wonder if it has to do with kind of like what you're saying, what they're looking for um isn't uh available in the masses. There's a lot out there. Yeah. But it's just also the criteria that you're searching based on, and also when you are applying the, those criteria to your search process. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a lot of times clients in my program, they'll, they'll do the mindset piece, then, then we move on to the search. That's the second phase of the F the Fairy Tale book. In the search, we look at all of the aspects of how you might meet a person, online, offline. And when I say online dating, I'm not just talking about dating apps because people are sliding into the DMs. Oh, people yeah, are meeting through for online sure. forum, yeah. forums. Yes. I had someone during the pandemic that met their girlfriend on Twitch. Like mm-hmm. there are people out here. Yeah. So that has certainly shifted. And there also are new offline methods. And people are different now that they're showing up offline. Mm-hmm. Like there was just a recent article. And I think it was the New York Times talking about how people in their 20s are nostalgic for a club scene they never had because everyone <laughs> right. in the clubs now is on their phone. Right, right, right. And they're like, nobody's actually talking. So we're collectively going to need to bridge that gap. And even though it sometimes feels, it's so interesting to me because I just get all these questions from people that all say what you just said. I feel like there's nothing out there. I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm so alone. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I'm hearing this from men, I'm hearing this from women, I'm hearing this from non-binary people. Everyone is feeling like whatever they're looking for is not out out there. there. If we all just retreat from the dating scene and say, well, I'm done with it. I'm going (laughs) to, there's nothing on the line. I'm going to pack up my tackle and go home. (laughs) I just really wanted to keep staying on this, um, this fishing fishing. (laughs) analogy. But if we, if we, remove ourselves from the dating scene then then nobody wins yeah and it's It's like you create your own reality because of the false belief that no one is out there like if you buy into that belief whether it's true or not then then that's the reality you create is what you're saying completely and that's that's when we go back to the mindset man like it's we do create our reality, 100%. But what I know from doing this as long as I have is that people are really craving human connection. And I know that it's out there. But if you really look at how quickly everything has shifted in the way that we communicate, the Mm. way we connect, we have to adapt. We can't take that old set of rules and just apply it to, well, now I'm online and I'm dating by the same set of rules. Right. And people 
have written into my show about having that feeling online like there's nobody there's nobody out there but then they're meeting people when they go out and about but then they're meeting a like a different kind of person than the people that they're meeting online because when they're online they're doing it from an intentional and mindful perspective but when they're out in the wild they're just whoever comes across my path and what i i you're laughing but it's 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 really what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. I just really want everybody to integrate it. Like you're the same person. You're the same person online. You're the same person. You're the same person when you go to the club and you're staring down at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> but we have we have to be willing to do this. I don't want to say work, John. Like it's it's work, not the, really the word, the word work, work is is very played out. Uh, but but uh, so let me ask you this: What is the new mindset what's the integration um what is the ad adaptation that needs to happen because of this new landscape of dating and yeah everything from apps to just how we communicate to uh, you know when you when you said the people in their 20s have never been to a club i just oh my god it just blew me away like the club is now the pager i'm like God, I'm so fucking old. Holy shit. <laughs> so talking to a 20-something-year-old, you're like, like, yeah, the, the club lights come on. They're like, they would have no idea what you're talking about. Like, what? Now also, like, you could probably bring back the pager if you wanted to because oh, yeah, now yeah. also, like, flip phones are back in. It's mm -hmm. hip to have a flip phone because yeah, you're like, back I'm just done with this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I think the integration here, I love that you use that word. Um, it's really... I, I actually think it begins with unraveling this this belief that dating is supposed to be easy. Like it's like mm -hmm. I don't even know it wasn't easy for my parents dating. No, it was I, I don't know easy if it was for me. Easy. Yeah, my parents. I, I think with our parents, they had less choices, and they just like, ah, oh, this person is good enough. They make it's sense. Fine. They're they're not beating me. Let's just I was just fine. Let's get married. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the the bar was definitely the bar was lower. <laughs> Lower. Yeah. And yeah, as we have had more opportunity, our expectations have elevated. And yet we expect things to stay the same. And we almost have a rosy view of how it used to be. Like, oh, it used to be so easy and you would just meet people. But yeah, mm -hmm. you were also settling yeah. for somebody that didn't yeah. meet your needs in the your same way. Are much higher for sure. Yeah, or yeah. you were just meeting somebody like in your local circle, and if they didn't know your mom and you didn't go to church with them and you didn't know them from school, like you didn't know them. Yeah. So it has expanded, but we have to take away that idea that that you shouldn't have to do any work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm not saying work like the do the work, like actual, actual like get off the couch. I give get off the couch. Get off the go couch outside. and. I give to actual tools <laughs> yeah. to put to put a system around this. Yeah, or even like your profile, like put effort into your profile. Put effort into your profile. Your pictures, track everything. your matches. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, be strategic about mm -hmm. how you choose your pictures and how mm -hmm. you present yourself. Be strategic about how you prepare for a date. Set yourself up for success. So you know, I talk about all of that in F the Fairy Tale because I I know that when you put the focus into finding love, the same kind of focus that you do with your career or your family or your friends, that's when things start to fall into place because I've seen it for my clients over so many years that it's not this love will happen when you least expect it. Mm. No. So part of, the, part, of the fairy, part of effing the fairy tale is not saying, oh, the universe will deliver this person when, when I'm meant to have, like that whole thing. Um, instead of actively, um, I mean, I, 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 I believe in energy and I believe in attracting and all that, but I feel like, um, what happens is when you, uh, work your ass off for something, whether you're, you know, building a company or, 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 or dating, uh, trying to find someone that, 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 that you want to invest in, there's a, you're, you're actively going toward, and that energy is producing someone to come towards you. You're not crossing your fingers, sitting on a couch and just saying the universe will deliver when it's meant to happen kind of thing. It just gives up all your power. And I, yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I don't know if well, you you're do, just waiting but... then you're not really, um, you're just waiting. <laughs> yeah. You're just waiting. And you're, you're also, 
Time is our most our most valuable resource, yeah. right? We're but not going to get any more. That, there also may be fear, other reasons why you're not getting off the couch. You know, it's fear, and also it's that so much really has shifted that we really need a road roadmap to be yeah. able to navigate dating effectively today. And you can either remove yourself from the pool entirely, or you can expend a lot of effort doing it the frustrating way mm-hmm. or you can learn from like the stats that i see at okcupid and the the mm-hmm. systems that have worked and the best practice you can learn the best practices for dating and i know some people are just like i don't want that i don't want y- that for dating you- I-, I want dating to be magical yes that's what it, i was gonna say you know what it is is they get turned off by metrics number like all of that data they're refusing to look at because it's not magic because they are, they bought into the, the, the fairy tale. What yeah. you're saying is not realistic. It doesn't mean that you're not romantic, but um, all these things that you're talking about is important. So whether we're talking about your profile or metrics or, you know, the effort that you put in. Yeah. I mean, look, John, you and I are both in relationships. Mm-hmm. And I would say for me, it, it, there wasn't, a fairy tale magic moment. It was a process yeah. of continuing to show up and continuing to choose. And it and I've been with my husband 20 years. Yeah. And every day I show up and every day I choose. And every day does I continue better, to create teeth? the magic. Today he has better teeth today? Yeah, he got his teeth fixed. It's all good. It's all <laughs> okay. good. He got his teeth fixed. He knows how to dress himself nice, now. Like nice. All right. And that is the power <laughs> of a relationship right. that you support one another to be the best version of yourselves, not just cosmetic dentistry wise, but internally, yeah. I feel like I have grown into a better version of myself through knowing him. And that is mm-hmm. the magic. That is the discovery. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. The magic isn't just that you're attracted to someone. The magic is actually a lot of the hard work that relationships require you to do that makes you grow. And yeah. it's, it is, it, isn't it that more easy. exciting? What's that? Yeah. Isn't that more exciting? Like one mm-hmm. of the myths is chemistry, the chemistry myth. Chemistry is cheap. You can walk down the street. You can flip yeah. open a magazine. You can go yeah. on Instagram be yeah. like, mm, there's a lot of people who are going to, who you're going to be attracted hot. to. Yeah. Or there's going to be some <laughs> chemistry. No, you're right. I mean, if right. you could, I could fall in love with someone every day if I wanted to, if I allowed myself to, uh, because we're human and we're attracted to qualities of other people constantly. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. It's a great thing. So um, chemistry alone, mm. putting all the weight on that isn't, oh shit, she's closing her eyes. I would say, I would say you could fall in lust with someone any day of the week. But yes. the love part yes. is love a part- deeper... I mean, well, okay, so Discovery. not just lost though. I mean, sometimes I'll have a conversation with someone and and you're right. Yeah, I wouldn't fall in love with the person, but um I could form a connection. I could uh, that isn't lust based. That yeah. is, you know, maybe spiritual or um something any, a quality about someone that you find very attractive or a connection, you know? Um mm-hmm. that could happen daily, you know? Uh, but you're right, but that that's very different than building a relationship you know, building a 20 year relationship. Um, the, the, the attraction is more, um, surface honeymoon. Um, the the attraction alone isn't legs of of a relationship for sure. Yeah. It's fleeting. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, it's like snacks. Like I would Mm, like to have a meal for a lifetime. (laughs) I don't just want a bunch of snacks. I love popcorn. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But you can fill up on that and then you're left kind of feeling empty. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I'm just going with a lot of analogies today. I love it. Um, (laughs) What you said, there were four pillars. Let's talk about some of the other pillars. Yeah. So uh, we've covered the values and the goals. The mm-hmm. next, when we're talking about this chemistry myth, is actually communication. Mm-hmm. This is where listening to your podcast really comes in handy because mm-hmm. you give people so many tools for communication. And, and your podcast as well. Both of our podcasts. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, dates and mates. Um, communication is really the foundation for being able to build that lasting that lasting connection that you and I were just talking about. 
And I think we're really in a communication crisis because mm. of the shift in the way that we communicate. Like whether you're online, whether you're single or online dating or not, the communication crisis has most likely impacted you, especially in the last three years mm-hmm. where everything is happening so quickly. We have yeah. all of these channels that are competing for our attention. Mm-hmm. And we're a lot of times we're not being present in the with the person that's in front of us with the moment that we're in and there's it's it's so much trickier to navigate even getting through when we're talking about dating from now you've matched you have mutual interest it's like a running a gauntlet to even get to the date mm-hmm. <laughs> and to get from the date into the future and the future's the 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 fourth phase and in the future that pillar is trust mm-hmm. and it's so key to a relationship but it's the the pillar that takes the longest time to be built yeah. and is the hardest to repair if it's broken oh of course yeah trust is earned going back to communication real quick yes today we make less eye contact um but i do think things like texting can be a tool um i mean think about long distance relationships and how today we can use things like FaceTime, texting, and all these other ways to stay connected. But um, I think texting can be a great way to do the breadcrumb thing, you know? Um, because if there was no texting, yeah, you see your person in the morning, you know, and then you guys kind of go off and do, go to work or do your thing. And yeah, if we didn't have these devices, there would be, you'd have to like pick up a phone like the old days and call. Um, so like the text, I think is such a great way to just kind of like, I'm thinking about you, um, a lot of flirting, a lot of whatever needs to be said. And so when you do get together, then you put the phone away and then it's eye contact and and it's present. Um, I, I am guilty of, of not doing that as well. Um, but, uh, texting can be a powerful tool if it's, Oh, I agree with you. If it's not the only thing you use to communicate, right? I agree with you. And I even talk in F the Fairy Tale about how to use texting more effectively. Because mm. that's the other thing is that right, the right. playing field is not level. Not yeah. everyone has uses all of these tools in the same way. Yes, that's true. Or and not everyone is using them to their highest capability right. level. Right. So there's there's things like use of emojis, which <laughs> Yeah, I'm team emoji. I find them very helpful, particularly in the early phase of of communicating with someone mm-hmm. to indicate tone. Are you on team emoji or team no emoji? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh, touch base with humor and see kind of, you know, the cadence and, and, and what they laugh to, what they don't. Yeah. Right. It, it's, yeah, uh, emojis get banter it. going or can get banter. Going, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I use them in place of punctuation to sort of indicate tone because we don't have that. And when we don't have the context of how that person communicates face to face, we have nothing to go on. Yeah. An emoji is very different than sending, uh, what is it called? The gift, like GIF, the animated, something animated now that we're- GIF or GIF. I like to say GIF. Yeah. The jury is still out. And if that is, um, and people think they're very, they think they're comedians, they send them- after everything you text, uh, a it could be annoying, but t- but b if the other person on the other side doesn't think it, it's funny, then it's almost it could also be a turnoff. Yeah, you don't want to send them every time, but they yeah. can be really effective. Sure, particularly Most like people will ask me how do you how do you reinvigorate a dead text thread? It, mm. Gifts are great for that because they usually are already infused with humor and context. Yeah. Yeah. Now, don't make it wall to wall gifts, but. <laughs> You can use gifts. You can right. use link out to things. You can use voice memos. Voice oh, we're seeing in dating is really. I love voice memos. There's yeah, an intimacy like about voice added. memos. Yeah. Yeah, completely. There's yeah. an intimacy. You can tell intonation. You can mm-hmm. tell word choice. You can tell tone of voice, cadence. There's so much that you get through just the voice mm-hmm. as you are listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> There's so much you get from the voice. That's why Hinge integrated voice prompts oh, into, right. into profiles. It's taken a little while to like really take off, but it's, it's, <laughs> I've, I've been bullish about it from the beginning. And there's just so many people in the dating pool right now. And a lot of people are sort of 
flailing around through all of these features that I find anything you can do to differentiate yourself, mm -hmm. to make sure. the experience you have more memorable, a little, little stickier, a little, little more authentic, the better. The yeah. better the results will be for you. Yeah. I actually love Instagram because you could scroll down and see um, cumulatively who the person is, more 360. I mean, I guess it depends on how transparent, transparent they are. But I remember when I, um, before we went on the blind date with me and Vanessa, I went to her Instagram and I fucking went to day one. I scrolled that shit. And I was, okay, I see this side. Oh, let me see if I could get a different name. Photos, video, self-expression, what she likes. Um, but to me, that was the work. To me, that was, you know, me um, exploring, investigating and um being kind of thorough um and now that's very different than when then when she showed up now you have a human in front of you um but i i actually like that about instagram as opposed to dating apps where you only see you know a few photos and a profile so it's an interesting conversation because i actually was just telling some folks on my instagram not to link their Instagram to their dating profile oh. because you lose control of the narrative. Like, I'm glad that worked out. And you guys were coming off of a blind date. So you had not, you had nothing really to go on. You had yeah. to do a little bit of research. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all my clients do a base level of research before they get to the date, but not so much where they're down a rabbit hole and they're oh, like, they can't tell them about that, that post that, yeah. that. It's like, I already know everything about that they're you. Like, uh, yeah. 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 And also it kind of comes back to that red flags thing we were talking about. A lot of times when we're doing the like you had already said yes to the blind date. So you're mm -hmm. going. It's mm -hmm. happening. But when we're online and we're in the in the never ending swipe, a lot of times we're looking for reasons to say no over reasons to say yes. And mm -hmm. the more openings right. you give for that, the higher the chances that that person is just going to lose interest, pass, and move on to the next. Do you find that, um, just, this is a generalization, do you find that women, uh, when they're scrolling, they're, they're faster to, to cancel someone out because things turn them off or someone you know, wrote something the wrong way or whatever than men? Or do you think, no, it's pretty much the same? Just in general, people are um, finding more reasons to say no now. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I will say... That's probably true. I don't yeah. have the stats to back it up, but I do find that men and women do swipe differently. Yeah. Speaking of like hetero, I, th I think what turns us, us off is different, slightly different. Like I, um, I, I, I think, tell uh, me. I think I could say uh, a man could say something or on a profile say something the wrong way, and that could turn a woman off, and he's done. I think. Men, uh, we tend to be more visual creatures. Um, we may uh, read a profile that may not ring true, but it's still okay. We still might be down to meet the person. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And I, I was actually going to make the point of the, the men, men being more visual because they will swipe just a lot of times. Well, there's yeah. two things they'll, they'll do. They'll swipe based on the photo. Looks, sure. And also a lot of men feel like the numbers are not in their favor on dating apps, mm -hmm. yeah, um, which true. there's some truth to. Just statistically speaking, there are more men on dating apps, you know, hetero men mm -hmm. looking for women than there are women looking for men. But a lot of times men will just swipe right and say yes to everyone first. Just to see who, and then who responds. <laughs> see who responds yeah. before they make the investment. Yeah. And then they'll unmatch, which pisses women off because yeah, they're of like, course. wait, I got my hopes up. I thought we were like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we were mutually matching. We're in a conversation. So I have had knockdown drag outs with male clients before about this because I find that the specific message or the specific like, like the why, like women want to know, well, why me? Mm. Why me? What was it about me? Right, I'm right. special. I'm unique. Like everyone wants to feel special. Sure. And so that philosophy of just like, it's a numbers game. Yeah. I don't think that works anymore. Maybe going back to what you were saying about just the sort of um, EQ and self-inquiry that, that so many women have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to all be more deliberate, I think. We have to all be showing up. And, you know, when I was talking about communication, I, I, 
I don't mean to say that digital forms of communication are lesser forms of communication. Mm -hmm. I mean that we should all be using them mindfully wherever you're at, whether mm -hmm. you're texting, whether you're on Instagram, whether you're on a dating app, whether you're face to face, whether you're on a FaceTime or Zoom or a podcast recording, that you be there 100%. When you're on a date, be there 100%. Mm, and yeah. sometimes that means you have to shorten the dates. Mm -hmm. A lot of my clients have gone through this experience with me. I'll give you one hot tip. <laughs> Try to keep that first date to one hour, 90 minutes tops if you're just yeah. meeting from a dating app. Because yeah. you can't sustain that energetic level and that focus for six hours. And two locations. I, have, I, have, I, I know people drinks. who have gone on like six hour dates. I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Like, yeah, yeah we went, went out to lunch and then we ended up spending the next eight hours together. I'm like, oh my God. But And John, you're gonna get you're gonna get some hate mail. Like I, I'm claiming it now. You're gonna yeah. get some hate mail because somebody's gonna write to us and say I married that person but, and yeah, we're happy and all yeah. Right. I know somebody sure. that had a six hour date, they yeah. went home with them, they had sex that first day and they yeah. They lived happily ever after. And that's great. And I'm super happy for them. However, that is the exception and not yeah. the rule. And I've got, to, I've got to share what I see working consistently time and time again. And that is slow love. We've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Slow love, spacing out the interactions, showing up mindfully, dating empathetically. And there's just no shortcuts to that. Yeah. But it can happen very quickly when you're sure. in alignment. Like I tell plenty of stories in F the Fairy Tale about clients I've had that had been dating unsuccessfully for years. Like I had one who 12 years she had been divorced. Mm -hmm. She tried mm -hmm. matchmaking. She tried dating coaching. She tried, you know, all kinds of services and events and and just getting her clear and just what we were talking about, moving past these myths and moving into the pillars of clarifying goals, values communication and building trust she was able to meet her husband within three months and they've they mm. they got married less than less than two years from the time they uh originally met. i think it was a year and a half from the time mm -hmm. they originally met so it can happen really fast yeah if yeah. you're in alignment if you're in alignment I love it. Well, thank you for all the work that you do. Um super excited about your book. Uh your book is wide right now or is it pre-order? Depends on what day it is right now. <laughs> oh, that um is it after January 2nd right now? I don't know, but if you just go to Amazon, um it, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be pre-order or or it can be available, but you can yeah. still get it. Yeah, right? go to fthefairytalebook.com mm -hmm. and yeah, you can get get on to rewriting the dating myths and living your own love story. So um, I do everything backwards. My life has been backwards. Um, I even, like even with, even with Vanessa, it's like we met, we, um, um, you know, moved in, bought a house before we got married. Then we had a kid. We were, everything's backwards. So um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, <laughs> which should have been the opening question at the end. <laughs> First of all, you're not backwards, according to my strategy well we're, we're doing this on purpose there is intention we're not just uh i mean i am a little backwards but, but yes all of that um you know i've been married before and yeah there, there are reasons why we we did it this way but uh but i just want to say yeah. that that story and that order of things like mm -hmm. the idea that it's even backwards is based on is someone else's narrative, <laughs> right? right? right. The idea and that you get to write your own love story. Yes. So yeah. um, I guess by those those terms, I've lived a very <laughs> linear love story. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been with my husband 20 years. We have two kids. Mm -hmm. um, we're still madly in love. Mm. And I really feel like it was this going through this process myself yeah. that prepared me. Like I grew up, in the Midwest, I'm black and Jewish. Mm. Uh, there was no one that looked like me. There right. was no one that um, that really could understand my experience of the world in sure. in the place that I grew up. And it wasn't until, and sim similar to to you, I was looking at all of these these different visions of attractiveness and. Mm -hmm. I was fed 
this steady diet of blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah, thin, Midwest, whatever, yep, yep. tall. I didn't fit any of that. Right. And still, I was able to find love. And the more that I leaned into my authentic self, mm-hmm. the easier it was for me to make a connection with people and ultimately my person who really saw me for what, who I was and for what I am. So that's sort of my story, my, my love origin story. But professionally, I actually started out as a, as a casting director. Yeah, TV. which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I that, learned how. Dating coach. Yeah. I taught actors how to market themselves. Mm-hmm. And so when you have to have a headshot that stands out to a casting director and you have to know how to, how to ace an audition, <laughs> you uh, figure out pretty quickly when you're dating that a profile photo is a headshot and a first mm-hmm. date is an audition. Hey, but you know and, what? That's uh, <laughs> really valuable because you had the eyes for that. Um, you know, I used to be okay. a screenwriter and I could say, well, you know, I wasted that part of my life because I didn't become a screenwriter, but that's not true. It laid tracks for me writing books. The reason why I write books so fast is because as a screenwriter, I train myself to knock out 10 pages a day. So um, all of that mm-hmm. work as a screenwriter just kind of rolled over like like minutes into my, my, my writing career. And so I think for you as a casting director, you know, that, that, that first initial impression, uh, the correct photo, all of that just rolled over into um, coaching people with their profiles and how they present themselves. That's great. Yeah, I, I say that nothing is wasted. Yeah. Even you- in relationships, I think you can learn and grow. We've been talking about this all this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Every experience you have can be a tool to to accelerate you into the best version of yourself. So, I, yeah, I thought for a long time, oh, I wasted all this time and now mm-hmm. I'm doing dating profiles. <laughs> but I I realized that all of that experience was applicable. And I really saw that there was a need for this mm-hmm. 17 years ago. Yeah. When you would tell people you're a dating coach, they're like, a what? What do you right. mean? Right. What is that people, what what is need, that? people need coaching for dating. And then they would say, oh, you're like the female hitch, which I'm always like, mm. I have to be the female hitch. <laughs> Can I just be hitch? Yeah. <laughs> Can I just be Demona? That's uh, that's all I am. You're also uh, you also guest and you're an expert on uh, the Drew Barrymore show. Yeah, I'm uh, a regular you, cast member. You're a cast yeah. member there. You're also uh-huh. um, partners with OK Cupid, so you're very legit and you uh, <laughs> you know your world very well. You've been doing it for so long. Um, Thank you. Yeah, super excited you about so your book. Go pick up her book. F the fairy tale it is either on pre order or it's available right now. And um, help us change the the temperature and they can see your name on the back because uh you gave me a beautiful quote a very mm-hmm. well written quote actually oh thank you john kim thank so you. but they'll have to go check out f the fairy tale to read it yes <laughs> thank you for listening be well 